Radio Mano Papachango. I'm coming to you from within Scarlett Jovanson. So if the sound is a little strange, that's because I'm standing inside a van in a parking lot. Uh, this episode is with my buddy Simon Rex and my new buddy Mickey Avalon. They are on tour. They are fascinating people. You know Simon Rex, unless this is the first time you've listened to this podcast, perhaps. He's a friend of mine. Um, we met, uh, I don't know, six months ago now, something like that, and we did a podcast together, and we became uh, good buddies. He's a wonderful guy, super smart, very funny, very uh, creative. He's sort of, I love what he does because it's indescribable. Um, but the best I can say is that he sort of embodies the very thing he makes fun of. He makes fun of fashion, and yet he's a fas- he was a fashion model, a very uh, prestigious p- fashion model. He makes fun of rap, but he's a rapper. He, 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 you know, if sense of humor and self-deprecating sense of humor are the highest attributes of a human being, Simon Rex may be the fucking Buddha. I'm not sure. But being able to to do something well while you're making fun of it is a talent that I greatly admire. Uh, for example, the Rolling Stone song, The Girl with the Faraway Eyes. I think I've mentioned that before. I love that tune because it's making fun of country music and it's a fucking great country song. Uh, Emotional Rescue is another one. That's making fun of disco and it's a great disco song. You know, there are all these examples of joking about something and taking it seriously at the same time and and uh, i think that those examples stand out in my mind because it's something i admire so much anyway that's what these guys do mickey avalon does the same sort of thing he's a rapper they're making fun of rap but they're performing it and they're they put on an amazing show i went down to san diego uh, a few weeks ago and saw them perform at the house of blues it was a mind altering experience i must say uh really fantastic show so if they come to if they're coming to your town go check it out you will be surprised and you'll also meet a lot of really cool people because people who get it are one in a million and uh, so if you want to hang out with other people who get it, a Mickey Avalon, Simon, Dirt Nasty is his stage name. Uh, Dirt Nasty Show is a good place to meet those kind of people. Uh, fuck, a train's coming by. I better wrap this up before it screws up my audio. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks to all you Patreon supporters for making this whole fucking thing possible. And that's a train. (laughs) Take it easy. Catch you next time.
Uh, I would hold it about one soft cock from the mouth. Soft cock oh, from the that's mouth. Perfect. I'm like right here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like right here. I'm, I'm talking about an Irish cock. A little closer. The standard white boy issue. Yeah. White, white boy dick. Uh, all right. So what, what name are we using for you? Are you going... Probably Mickey Avalon. Yeah, Mickey probably, Avalon. All right. I'm yeah. I'm here in a hotel room. I'm living every girl's dream. I'll tell you, this is it. This is where every like what 19 year old, 16 year old girl, yeah, 14, yeah. 14. I'm, it's not your dream. It's right. it's her dream. It's my nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Your it's your ticket it's to jail. Yeah, your ticket to 60 nightmare. days in. <laughs> exactly. So I'm I'm uh, between. Uh, uh, Dirt Nasty, a.k.a. Simon Rex, a.k.a. I don't know what other fucking names yeah. you use. Yeah. My occasional co-star, my yeah. power. What, what was Somebody called you my uh, power. Power bottom? Yeah, podcast oh. power bottom. <laughs> <laughs> what did that one woman write in and say that she called me some interesting adjective? Uh, I don't know. Write you an email. Somebody, somebody sent me some money. I think they signed up on Patreon and they said, you should have Simon, Simon Rex on more often. I like the cut of his jib. That's what it was. The cut, the of, cut, the of, his cut jib. of his jib. What does that mean? It's like a, the way it's a you talk, maybe. Like What's well, a boat your thing? Swag? Oh, the jib is like the front okay. of a sailboat, I think, oh, or something okay. like that. So it's a nautical term. Ah. But I think it's ah. just like, I like his vibe. I like, you know, right. his energy, whatever. Oh, nice. He's a good power bottom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And is the power bottom someone who takes it powerfully on the bottom? No, I think, <laughs> I think they're the one who takes it, but they're like running. It's like the chick oh, the of the man, relationship, but, but they're, they're like the... receiver. Yeah, yeah. So usually the man is the top from the bottom. Yeah. Is that Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of gangster, like he's That's getting so fucked funny. in the ass, but he's like, "What up, bitch?" Yeah, yeah. He, he's still in charge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> put it in now. Put it in my yeah. right now. Uh, and Mickey Avalon, Mickey Avalon, who yesterday I was hanging out. Uh, I told some friends, hey, "I've got my buddy Simon, and he's doing a show with uh, a guy named Mickey Avalon." And these chicks were like. A guy named Mickey Avalon? Mickey Avalon? The Mickey Avalon? I was like, oh. They, these were your friends? Who was the girl? Oh, they were in a, it was in a wine, like a wine bar. Uh-huh. And we were chatting with uh, the woman who owned it. And we're pretty like, big in the wine yeah, bar. Yeah, we're big in the wine community. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're Napa. We're from you know, Napa. Yeah, boys. like tasting soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so thanks for doing this. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Simon turned this on to the podcast and your book, and we dig it. Yeah, um, cool. It's great. We live ride. in cars throughout the country, basically driving six-hour stretches from you know Chicago to Omaha, and to fill time, we do a lot of podcasts. And yours, I've been sliding in there and slipping in, slipping it in. Yeah. I've been sliding it in. Yeah. It's wet. Uh, well, no, it's good because like lube it up. A lot of them are. Just, I mean, you're just shooting the shit, but it's like you know makes you think. It's good. Yeah. Some of them they just shoot the shit and doesn't make you think too much, but and it's all good, you know. But we yeah, we like it. you and Bill yeah. Burr get the most rotation. Mm. Bill Burr's just uh, for the straight hilarity of like yeah. what happened yes like within three days and right. just ranting. Yeah. And then you're more for the long stretch. Yeah. Like when you want to get deep. Yeah, <laughs> I'll throw on Spoken like some old like ones. like a power that, bottom no, exactly, right there. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and no, I'll dig deep into the catacombs and find one that I knew he would like. Yeah. Maybe you're talking about something like, I can't remember the one we were listening to the other day. You were like, dude, I forget what he was talking about. And there was Fashion so- was a good one. 
Was it fashion? Uh, fashion. Just how like the stupidest thing, like one thing that's opposite of fashion becomes fa- like it starts with someone trying to be oh, trying uh, to be different, different, yeah. and then it turns out to be everybody. Well, that's like, yeah, like oh, cool right. isn't cool anymore when everyone's different. right, right, yeah. yeah. Like I wish I could go get all my tattoos removed because even like the twenty something years ago when I did it was still that like a uh, you know outlaw vibe and now it's like every chick at starbucks and yeah like i don't know i just feel like yeah i would rather you know like now it's just like oh, okay i wish i invested in laser tattoo removal because yeah our generation is like the like i probably problem. won't but i mean maybe well, this one i might throw out you remember but, i did mine yeah this took yeah this took two years and 20 sessions oh it's I had, removed you can see, oh you can wow see, I had a full Really? Well, at least his tattoos are like all black and they look cool and you they there's stories to tell. Mine was like con- different speaking of fashion like over the years different. Yeah, at least yours are consistent. Mine was like a hippie one and then it was like Japanese writing and then it was a sailor. Like it was very inconsistent. So I'm like let me just So it was one tattoo that you just kept adding to? Yeah, I kind of just kept adding and then I had like a low rider. It was just so many different like over 20 years of different right. what I thought was cool at the time and then in the end looking at it like oh my god, imagine wearing like every ugly item of clothing over the years <laughs> and then you're left. That's what I tell people when they want to get a tattoo. I'm like, "Do you want to wear that sweater in 20 years?" Yeah. Let me tell you now like, yeah. you're gonna change your mind you know i was thinking the other day like one definition of adulthood like when looking back like when did i become an adult it, in one way I, I think it's like when i look back at music that i still like yeah you know like steely dan yeah. i still like steely dan yeah. so at the age when i started listening to steely dan like in a way that was a sign of maturity in a sense like you don't know it at the time oh because yeah. oh, if you stay liking it from that point on then that's, it's like yeah you were an adult it, then it, at the time you started to like it or because you still like it you're an adult uh i think that like, i was becoming an adult at that point because oh, yeah, yeah. like i had that's this kind of adult music i would say yeah yeah i saw them at that coachella i saw them somewhere i just Wait. yeah i saw them recently well, one of them just died stadium uh, becker just died uh, like six months ago, did Dan die or uh, Walter Steely Becker? Dan. Oh, <laughs> Steely Dan is the name of I, the dildo, dildo. in Naked Lunch. Right? Oh, wow. Yeah, William Burroughs. Oh, wow. Nice, nice. That's a good little tidbit. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, yeah, I love them. But yeah, I mean, like Rush, for example. I was into Rush in high school. Well, I haven't listened to man. Rush in a yeah. long time. Yeah. Not that they're not great. Yeah. But there's like a, a sort of a testosterone level you need, I think, to yeah. get into that. I find that I listen to music a lot less. Like if I'm driving, I am quicker to put on an audiobook or a podcast. My, oh, I got 20 minutes. Let mm. me maybe like learn something or have a story told to me instead of like cranking music. Yeah. So the older I get, I'm listening to less music yeah uh, in my car mostly though i mean that's i think a lot of the background but like if i'm gonna a lot of that might also just be the time like i mean people are starting to get record players again but i mean there was a time when that was kind of like the the middle of the room or something and now with computer i mean i think just that you have access to all that stuff if you didn't have access to uh audiobooks or something like that i mean i feel like i'm making up for the lost years that i never went to college so i'm like well i'd like to learn some stuff so let me you know so i'm constantly people that are gonna guess i'll get their audiobook and check it out or that seems to be a little more of the cut of my jib lately (laughs) (laughs) so what you got i don't know which or both of you guys were having this conversation last night about uh uh, who, what, what was it? It was about um, music and the sort of evolution of music. And you're talking about like 
old school rappers and like that it doesn't it's it, i guess the what i remember is like it, it i get this sense that like music is sort of at a, a dead end like like things okay yeah, yeah. you're recycling was uh, that you I, who was i talking to about that maybe me i don't remember but i I mean, what do we say? Like, there's not gonna be another Beatles. It wasn't Beatles. It was. It was something. It was something but. with rap. And you were saying like he's. You were talking yeah. about someone you know. I think it was with someone else. And you're like, he's one of the like last real too rappers. Short. Yeah. But it wasn't too short. No, I fuck. I shouldn't have brought it up. I can't remember the it's details. Sad. But what I was thinking is like. I mean, I think music's at a, at a dead end. Well, that's I mean, it. I mean, I, you're I listening to audio books. Well, What's so happening so is, so now? I mean, there's so gotta be good. So film. I mean, I think if yeah. if if. Uh, Maybe if we were high school kids and we had the, you know, back to kids and we had the time to, uh, like, actually look. I mean, I think maybe as a kid you don't have the best taste in music. Maybe you do, but uh, you have time to, like, go. So when I bitch about there being nothing out there, I think there might be something out there. I just don't know what it is. And it's definitely not in the mainstream. Like, yeah. like, like the Beatles was pop music. Yeah. Like, that was for everybody. But it's amazing. It's great. And then I think every, you know, every decade since then, like pop has gotten like worse and worse and worse to where now it's just unlistenable. Yeah. Uh, but does it feel like it's oh, exhausted? We were talking about, we were talking about uh, Pink Floyd. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then we're like, yeah, that's never yeah. happening. Right. They'll never be. Because right. it, it feels to me almost like like what you can possibly do sonically is kind of like done. And so now they're just, it's just or reshuffling you can never make stuff. The money. You can never make enough money to, to be able to do, you know, to do Pink Floyd. Again. Okay. So even if the mm. world, you know, wanted that, they would have to be pretty huge to be able to, you know, go across the world right. doing that. I mean, I don't know. You're sonic. talking about the production value yeah, yeah, of the yeah, show yeah. and all like, that. Yeah. If you're talking about sonic, but what know? about just creativity? I mean, I think what people want to hear right now is so. But I mean, like now it's like the what it's like the mumble. Like well, as yeah. far as rap, it's yeah, like well, they're I, super high. The music's not bad. Yeah, there's some. It's actually, actually it doesn't matter what they're saying now. I think it's not as much content as it's a. It's become very melody. Rap has become a lot about the melody. Even like mm. a rap verse is used to just be talking, like right. just a dude talking. Right. About, you know, maybe projecting their voice like bitches ain't shit, whatever. Right. Now they're doing harmonies and it's very right. musical, so it's gone yeah. that way a bit. So there's some melodies out there yeah. that are like, okay, it's so melodic. It's sort of half really singing, half rapping. I'm cooking, crack in the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. Well, so you know. There's not a bunch of lyrical content, which. Yeah. And the for, fact that on the radio you can hear about cooking crack. Uh, is yeah. to me crazy, but I think. Right. But I they think still white like America, beep out words like well, they bitch. Still, they don't beep that out. Well, the well the they still don't know half of what they're talking like. Uh, like, right. but I think I think like white America still okay. Like how I would watch like a gangster movie, like uh, Marlon Brand, you know, The Godfather or something. Yeah. I think white America looks at like all like a lot of black people as like what they're watching a movie or something. They don't right. look at it as like their kids. Right. So that's like they can talk about cooking crack because they don't even they it's, don't go to those neighborhoods it's not the real world it's not real yeah. to them you know yeah. what I mean and it may or may not be real to the person talking about it either because well, that's the other they're thing. probably yeah. in the suburbs uh, yeah. also because that would go against like all like G code, but I don't know that there's any code left in the world anyhow well like so. Snoop was the real deal right and like Dre yeah, they, yeah. And they I mean were Dre found Snoop Compton, yeah, serious. Yeah. I mean 
but like you get out of that world pretty quick once right. you make it. Well, that, you know? and then you got uh, was it Tupac was like from Marin County or yeah, something. Well, he, but in his yeah, but his yeah. mom was uh, well, like black. Yeah, yeah. His he was okay. This is here's my mm. theory. On he was Tupac. one of the last p- people to interview. Yeah, Tupac. I was one of the last. People I to saw him. you yeah, interview yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. before he passed away, I was working at MTV and I interviewed him, and I was smoking weed after work with my producer. And we had finished some event, and they go all of a sudden they go, "Do Tupac's here? You have to interview him." And I said, "I'm way too stoned." And all of a sudden they just put the camera in my face with a light on, and I was so stoned. And was, it was he live. like laughing at you? It was it? live. Yeah, and I was baked. And the last thing you want is a live camera in your face. Right. Like, this is '96. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was just that's all you had. There was no social media, no internet. Maybe there was internet, but anyway. So I was baked, and he's laughing at me, mocking me, and he was super cool, dude. And then, but going backwards a little bit, my philosophy on Tupac was that he was from like a loving mom, and he was from like a creative family, and he played a gangster in that movie Juice, and he kept and it. He saw a lot of people do that. Uh, James, James Con did that. James Con yeah. played uh, the Godfather, Godfather. Right. and now in real life, he still portrays that character and he walks around like he's an Italian gangster because he saw how he was received right and I think Tupac did the same thing he took on that character right. in real life right because of the way he was looked at it's a weird thing that happens to actors and you'll overdo like if you see like a transvestite like if you see like a chick and you're like damn that chick's hot and she's like more chick than chick yeah like she's really you know it's almost when you take on a persona sometimes you go you even overdo further like Dirt Nasty or Mickey yeah. Avalon yeah. Like, that's what we do on stage you anticipated yeah. my next question yeah like yeah. are you conscious of, of I'm hyper conscious now that you yeah now I am I mean, at his, the time we weren't we didn't had no idea what we were doing yeah when we first like we started. were definitely joking and fucking around and like we're not Talking about anything that we've never done per se. I mean, he's never fucked animals. I hope. Right. Yeah. But, I have a song called "Animal and, Lover" where I talk about uh, making love. And you're yeah, and you're saying picture a cat, and yeah. I'm thinking about that video of me. You, you never seen that video? Oh, the cat. Because yeah. oh, I yeah, had this yeah. whole thing no, with a cat. Tell me the story. Well, oh, you've never seen the video though. <laughs> raspy tongue. Raspy tongue. No, if you Google people listening to this, if you Google uh, nine and a half lives. There's this guy made an animation of oh, a story yeah, right. I told oh, right. about I remember the story. Yeah. getting a cat off that was in heat and the cat really needed it. It was a it was an act of mercy. You're an animal lover. Yeah. No, I was thinking about that one of the lines last night actually for some reason the the snake I think is the best. Yeah. Thing. Maybe one of your best. What I said, oh, yeah. what was it like? I go, um, Snakes got weird yeah. pussy. <laughs> It's like sticking your dick in another, another dick. dick. Yeah, yeah. I obviously like to go backwards a little bit to you guys listening. So Mickey Avalon and myself were introduced by our mutual friend who was in and out of prison for years, who uh, is our good friend. And at the time, I was just producing beats, and he was, you know, you weren't even trying. And he's to be a a tr- He's just a, he's from a good family, but he's just a troublemaker. Like, mm-hmm. my, yeah, like his soul is needs to cause trouble. Well, but maybe mm. after I tell this, tell him about when your dad gave the, offered the gun to you right. and him and, and the decisions you made okay. and the yeah, path yeah, you yeah. Guys both went. So, uh. real quick, so anyway, our buddy, he was really adamant about me meeting him and another guy named Andre Legacy and working with them and I'm like, I don't want to meet any rappers. I'm just producing beats for fun. And they're like, we don't want to meet Simon. And I wasn't Rex, really trying. You know? It was just felt. He was more trying to be a rapper. I wasn't. Who legacy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I had a ch- I had yeah. a kid. Uh, I don't think I was. I think I was already divorced. But yeah, like I would do it when I was in we were LA. Just and divorced like, with Shay. Yeah. And how old were you guys? This was in two thousand four. I want to say or five, maybe. It was. We put out your album in 05, so it must have been like 04. 
You know that we started okay, recording. Okay, so no, then okay, so then Arlie was already like eight or something. Yeah. So yeah, so it was past. But I just I don't know. I didn't think that that was my calling. I don't. Yeah, none of it. Well, that's yeah. the whole thing. So we start. So anyway, we're forced into this situation. He brings into my house. We hit it off. We start making music, and I'm producing for him and this other guy. And then I'd grab the mic in the studio and freestyle and joke around. So they're like, "Dude, you should jump on stage and do a couple songs." And that's how Dirt Nasty was born. And I'm like, I don't really want to be a rapper. What the fuck? And then. So then he was putting the, the songs out, like burn them on CD, go to the club. I lived at a sober living house, so I had to be home by midnight. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't even know he was doing that. Uh, yeah, I didn't even tell you. I was just which, handing them out. It, I really? was kind of mad at first. Yeah, yeah like, no, it, I mean. Because people were cut, like. Well, it just yeah. wouldn't have been something I would do. And I worked at a pizza shop, and then I got a call from who would become my first manager yeah. and I thought it was him fucking with me because uh, he's like he's like is this Mickey Allen and no one would have called me that you know so, oh, right. uh, and I'm like yeah and then the guy's name uh, was Bino his last name was Ben Benice, so his nickname was Bino and I didn't know so he's all this is Bino and I'm like thinking that's a, Bino's what you take to not fart right so I'm like hey Bino <laughs> like I'm literally just going along with the whole thing and uh, he's like I really like dig what you're doing I'm like really like and I'm just going and then I'm like Sai stop and he's like who's Simon I'm like uh, you stop <laughs> and he's like I don't know who Simon is but I just I, I really dig the you know what you're doing uh, I have to go out of town on Thursday or something. Can you come in tomorrow? And I'm like, this really isn't Simon. And he's like, no. And then uh, I went in there. So that's how I guess the it started as far as becoming a, a real right, thing. Right. But you got I dragged mean, into the limelight, huh? Kind of. And then we. But I mean, but then once it once the opportunity came, uh, we showed up. And uh, and then you know we never made decisions to like. Uh, you know, as far as longevity or anything, right. like, like we would go more like, you know, hip hop's like super homophobic. Like we, you know, I'd go on stage in a fucking tutu and, uh, you know, talk about like fucking dudes and just right. you know funny shit. Right. Like I did a Boost Mobile commercial. And uh, with like Young Jeezy and Jermaine Dupri, and I'm like wearing all like make like glam makeup and stuff, and like those are things probably looking back m- might have been better not to but it's like then it wouldn't be me so you're kind of pulling like prince and david bowie and all that kind of energy and mick jagger into the rap world yeah but they just don't look at it that way you know but it's like we got i think our own lane and we just stay in yeah stay in that lane it's a it's a very interesting lane like we were talking last night was the first time i've seen you either of you guys play but it was very like, it's a rap show, but it was all, there was no anger. It was all about love, and you're bringing all these people up on stage. And How cool is the handicapped guy? Like, he yeah. said this made my year, man. Like, yeah, that's he, what it's all yeah, about. Yeah. Him, well, no, that's he, another and, thing. And dude was dancing, too. He was, like, rolling around. No, we didn't even mean to do over. that, but we realized all our shows, it'd be, like, all chicks. And then, you know, if chicks come to a show, then dudes will come to a show because the yeah. chicks are there. But then we had other rap friends, and they're like, how do you get all the chicks to be the shows? We're like, well, we're not screaming at any... First of all, yeah. we're not... Yeah. And I think, like, yeah, I think maybe... Well, I remember you actually made a, a conscious decision. You, when we were writing, you're like, we need to write to girls. 
because we we like why are we gonna rap to other dudes with backpacks on? Oh, yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. what would a girl want to hear? So that was sort of going into when we're writing, like, shit, and that's really what happened. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. the shows ended up being at least half girls, and we always yeah. tell people you don't have to like our music. I yeah. don't like my Just music. Just come for the yeah. Come right. see some chicks and hang out, and right. it's a party. It's a good right. vibe. It's right. not about the music. It's about the energy. Huh. You know, because yeah. the music itself. Yeah, yeah like if you cool, can't get laid at one of our shows. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Drunk, wasted party girl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys ever heard of Orishas, the Cuban, the Cuban band? No. You reminded me of them earlier talking about melodies and rap, and and also this energy. They're they're really good. I mean, you played it for me, actually. Yeah, I probably played it in the yeah. car at some point. Um, but it's also the same thing. Like they're not. There's no anger. It's yeah. it's nostalgia. It's it's like um, really loving of women, you know, and and sadness, and it's it's much more sort of nuanced emotionally. Yeah. Is it ra- it's rap. Is it's it- like one dude raps while the other dude sings, oh, okay. and they and they layer their three dudes, main dudes, and they layer their voices. It's beautifully oh, the way cool, they cool. they weave it together. It's really really good shit. I mean, I like. I'll talk about, like, you know, lowest common denominator of, like, all people. You know what I mean? So, like, I mean, I'm not going to say anything bad about a chick because she's a chick. But there might, you know, like, a lot of characters in my stories die at the end. Or it's, like, it's basically lowest common denominator. Mm. For we a did a song of, called My Dick. I mean, that's lowest common denominator. Yeah, and both <laughs> of us didn't. That's probably our biggest song. And both of us didn't. thought that was the stupidest idea. The, our third guy who's not here. Uh... <laughs> Had the idea and we're like, no, we're not gonna. What really that. brings it down? I mean, isn't most rap music about my dick? Right. I mean, yeah, the, but I mean, like I would do like he has like baby dick. I would do yeah. before I would like you know. <laughs> yeah, do. it's actually braggadocious, but we're yeah. actually joking. Like you know, so no, it dick. works yeah. because we're joking. Right. Yeah, but so to what extent is too short joking or Snoop? Because they well, seem like they're joking, but it is definitely that's also definitely a character. I mean, he grew up in, in the hood and stuff, but like when you hear him talking off stage, he's not. He went the pimp route instead of the tough guy route. Like he never had one gun line. Never everything was just about pimping. Cause yeah, he, he moved to Oakland from L.A. And I he think like he probably and, probably pimps in some. And he some, just was around. He was just talking about. But what I mean, he saw. I'm sure he makes money off chicks in in some way or another. Yeah. Like especially now that he has like. You know, a lot of fame and stuff. I remember he did a show once, and he like sent some chick around with like uh, like a pad and paper. And was like, any of you girls out there want to make money, especially the white and Asian chicks? Uh, and like, got, wow. yeah, and like he got there. I mean, that could have been it's like an collecting act too, emails. But, wow. Huh. I mean, I know like. So you don't think he's joking? You don't think the persona and the you know. I was only 15 when I first got my dick sucked. Now I'm growing up and I really like to bust I mean, I nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think there's probably some kind of like humor, but I don't yeah. think he's pussy joking. when you want to fool. I think he's joking. I think he's also was like made a conscious decision or not also. We didn't make. He made a conscious decision to like be you know, the pimp. he's like the first pimp rapper. But I mean, there's yeah. funny shit like like Nancy Reagan stuff. Yeah. <laughs> see, I don't see. I don't think he thought that that was as funny as we do. Okay. Like when he was like Nancy Reagan came up, up to, to me and said, "Do, do you have, have the answer, answer to the U.S. US economy, economy and a cure for cancer?" I said, "What, what are you doing, doing in the White House if you're, you're not selling cocaine?" Ask your and, wife, Nancy. Oh no, Reagan. so Ronald Reagan came up to me. Oh yeah, right. we said Nancy. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Ask, Ask your wife, wife oh. Nancy Reagan. Ask I know. Just spit that game. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like one night she, she came, came up to my and house and gave me a blowjob. She licked my dick <laughs> up, up and down like it was corn on the cow. <laughs> Come on, See, he got into that's you know, funny. I know, right? I don't know. I'll ask him because. Or Afro yeah. Man. Do you, you ever he's listen joking. to Afro Man? Afro Man is I mean, definitely Mississippi. I yeah, love yeah, that he's tune. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. It, it's it's hard to say because as you were saying earlier, Mickey, like it's not my world, so I don't. But it feels to me like George Clinton is joking. Bootsy Collins is joking. They're great musicians, right? Well, but yeah, I mean, and that's also. But that's like a lot of like drugs. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Psych- I mean psychedelics, sure. cocaine. But you're wearing yeah. diapers on stage, well, yeah, and I the mean, you know the mothership, and yeah. like Bootsy with the stars child. I mean. I think it's fun, not funny. I think it's like more of just, uh, I don't know if they were trying to be like, we're going to make it. Well, they were also coming, like Bootsy's coming uh, straight from like James James Brown, Brown, which is like uh, ran with an iron fist. Right. You know, maybe that's just like, fuck, fuck that. You know, it's like go as far the other way as we can, you know, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's intriguing to me because... You know, like your your thing is is consciously melding comedy and yeah. music and all that stuff, and I, it seems like that's sort of a natural mix somehow. Yeah, you know, for certain kinds, certainly more from my perspective, more in a black the black music, white guys are taking themselves really seriously. Right. Well, now is the first time in history, and I don't think it's a good thing when uh like. Like being white is like almost cool, like in, like like mm. skating and wearing tight pants and like like there's you know like rappers are trying like coloring their hair. like I don't know like being more white like huh. consciously huh. and I think that that's, yeah, that's not first, good. Yeah, it's not as cool. Like being if you're black, you're like an outlaw by nature. You're like yeah. born like a, a rebel. You yeah, know you don't have a mean? choice. Or like Mexicans uh, back in the fi- in LA in the fifties had their style like rolling their cigarettes up in their shirt. White right. guys copied that, and yeah. then white guys trying to be black. And then now I think it's come full circle. Yeah, yeah. and skating in tight pants and yeah. that became cool. And, and, and like, now you see your hair and yeah. Like, it's more rock and roll, brothers. Have you yeah. guys played in Japan? Yes. What was we that did like? We Ruka once. We played some art uh, party, yeah. remember? But we were, we're not like... We're not Like people make fun of people being big in Japan, like even as a song. Spinal but, Tap. Uh, it's not easy to be big in Japan. Yeah. And uh, like... We're not big in Japan. No. Uh, we just did a show there once. So, and We're it small be, in Japan. Yeah. And it'd be cool to be big in Japan because like, yeah. you can make a nice amount of money and, yeah. and go big there. Big in Australia. Uh, yeah. Are you? Which I would rather, you know, go to Australia than Japan. Yeah, me too. Um, for hanging out. Yeah. But yeah, we have, uh, and then I've been there a few times for like a bar thing, but never like a big show. You know, they'll sing, they'll sing like the words of your songs right. without knowing the, the yeah, language. Yeah, it's you incredible. Know? And they dress forget, up. I still remember, Hajike Turuka means, how are you guys doing? And that was, I learned one phrase to say when we came out. And it was Haji Tekuruka, like a local uh, guy said, say that when you walk out. That's like the cool way to say, what's up, you guys? Yeah, yeah. I remember I you learned learn, whatever I had to, to learn say. that one. That's all I learned in Japanese. <laughs> That's all you need, man. Yeah. yeah. So you guys toured in Europe, you're saying with the Chili Peppers yeah. at one point? You want to say hell no, how that one went? Yeah. How, how did that a, happen? Uh, John Fushante was coming to my shows, and then, um, and then I was in AA for a minute, and Anthony Kiedis was... Uh, I don't know if it had anything to do with it, but it was definitely them who who, who made it happen. So did you meet Anthony at a meeting yeah, yeah, or something? Yeah, I was him at meetings and stuff, oh. and uh, he'd help me out and stuff. But but uh, John Frusciante is the one who would come to the shows. Mm. 
and and then it was like four shows uh, in front of like sixty thousand people, and the shows were great. The one the one like main story, and then everyone uh, saw in the states like on YouTube and stuff uh, was their tour manager. So we go out there, and uh, and like I was I was on drugs and so I wasn't when we went out there, which that probably wasn't the best idea. I should probably just stayed on everything uh, instead of being you know not comfortable. But the tour manager goes, uh, they're they're pro- they're probably gonna boo you, like they boo everybody, mm. uh, but just get through it and play. And like <laughs> like I wish you had never told me that yeah. because I'm playing and no one's booing me. And then my dumb ass is like, oh, they said you were going to boo me. And literally before I'm done with this sentence. Was that Poland? Was that the first one? It was the first one. No, it was like Holland. Right in Holland. And uh, so like literally before I'm done with the sentence, they're like throwing shit. And then, but everyone that we saw the next day in Holland, because, okay, there's 60,000 people there. So you're going to see a lot of those people. Like we went to Amsterdam the next day and they're like, sorry, everyone booed. We were totally loved it, you know? And the fact that like, if I would have never said that, that would have never happened. So you were like, how come nobody's booing? No, they what said the you were going to boo me, oh, and you're not. But like, on. literally, and then, I wasn't even saying bring it on. I was kind of like, oh, cool, you're not. Yeah. And then uh, they're like throwing shit, and they couldn't, they, no one could, like, they couldn't hit us. Uh, Anthony Kiedis came to light the joint, I guess, but I didn't see him. Right. And yeah, then, I remember uh, they were on the sideline watching. And then I'm like, you guys can't throw. Uh, why don't you try to kick it? Because you guys are soccer oh, players. Right, right, right. Uh, and then it just oh, became. Do you remember when the thing hit the CDJ? I was oh, yeah, yeah. So this was the fucking craziest thing. So I feel the Chili Peppers to my right watching us and 60,000 people. And I'm DJing for him. I go on the road with him. And I'm not really a DJ. So we make one CD of his 25-minute set. So you have to imagine. Oh, it's like a 25-minute song. It's one track. So I just hit play once and it's perfectly timed out with spaces between the songs. And I'm just miming as if I'm DJ. I've suspected that's what all DJs well, do. No, no, a lot of them really do. I <laughs> really? Was just went because uh, his DJ at the time, who was our manager also. There's and, a lot more than pushing yeah. a button. I used to think but, the same thing, uh, and it's usually not like that. Long story short, an apple hits the CD player oh. and it skips the whole track so i look out at sixty thousand people oh, and i never no. felt more eyeballs on me in my life <laughs> and and he's turning around looking at me like what are you gonna do you got it back but i had i'd written a cheat sheet so what i did was i wrote on a piece of paper each song and the time that it started so i quickly referred to the cheat sheet cued the song back up and i somehow like got it back within 20 seconds but it felt like a year Ooh. like it was so Oh man, it was yeah. just silence. Like I silenced yeah. the stadium, you know, or it was silenced through my. Yeah. It, but it all hitting. the shows after that went great. Even that yeah. one, I think, was entertaining. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Like my pants fell off, and I don't know why I was. Oh, I was wearing underwear. Why was I wearing underwear? I don't then? Maybe I did bring some drugs there, and they just got used. <laughs> no, you didn't quick. bring drugs. I remember we were backstage, and you just got your haircut, and it was a little too oh, short. And and it fucked took up your haircut. Everything was fucked up. My yeah. like, it's like we're touring with the Chili Peppers, and like instead of being on, and that's another thing about growing up, uh, you you figure out like what's your dose, what's your you like what, yeah. you know, you don't stop doing something right before you go on it's something yeah. big like that. Point that at your oh, yeah yeah like uh, a, like a dick yeah <laughs> like like, <laughs> like a baby back dick. then I would be like. Oh, I got a big meeting. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna kick drugs today and go to my meeting. Like that's right. the dumbest thing you can picked a bad day do. to or stop. Like I'm gonna go to drugs. Thanksgiving dinner with my family. I'm gonna get off. It's like no, that's the day you want to take your drugs. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I think that's just yeah. you know. 
And you were, was it mainly heroin that you were dealing yeah, with? Mainly, yeah, mainly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I never really liked cocaine. I mean, I've, I've done my share, but uh, just, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it, yeah. What's the, like... Just got into it when I was young. Yeah. yeah. I've always felt like different drugs appeal to different sort of personality types or people who have different challenges in their lives. Yeah, like speeding know? shit up was never something right. that... Uh, you know, appeal to me because right. it's going fast enough. So, uh, what is heroin? What's the what kind of person do you think is is most susceptible to the I appeal? Mean, maybe not that I'm necessarily a sad person, but I think at the time, uh, just like going through a lot. You know, like like my dad was a, my dad was a junkie, and then I was trying to my whole life was like dedicated to getting him off drugs. Yeah, and uh, and I finally like. That's the ironic part is I literally, uh, I just like uh, moved out of the house. Well, I moved in next door to my dad uh, and I finished high school and uh, that's like all my, and I finally like got him to like go into a spot and in that it was like, it just took everything out of me. And I'd like smoke weed my whole life, and then, but I never like drink, like just bought a bottle and drink. And I was like doing that, and then, uh, and then I just met some friends, and I like was learning how to paint at the time, and then I just like put my arm out, and then it was just like, well, everything just felt good. So you started with uh, yeah. the injections, not yeah. with snorting or something. No, I didn't even know you could do uh, like snort or smoke it. Wow, well, you went straight in, yeah. So, and let's like, and now. You know, that was some an issue at, in, at seventeen. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, a my dad's passed on since then. Uh, every you know, and just it's not something now. It's like oh, you're dealing with something that's not even a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it's hard to tell a kid like, don't do this or don't do that. But you really should just think. You know, you're gonna make a decision that's gonna, you know gonna be around even when that thing's not even relevant right it's anymore. like going into debt to buy something you're not yeah, gonna own exactly. you'll still have the debt yeah 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 so yeah. but i mean the kind of person i don't know maybe more i don't want to say like artsy or whatever but i think i was just really sad yeah and that just kind of you know it's like i heard someone say it's like if you take all your problems and just roll them into like one thing and then and then you have the antidote to make it all kind of go away. I guess that's what it was. Yeah, you know? yeah. But yeah, I mean, I wish I, I wish I never, you know, went down that. I, I mean, I see people that do do uh, cocaine or whatever on the weekends or something like. Besides the people that become crackheads or whatever, like it isn't. It's an addictive drug, like for that night. But you don't necessarily wake up in the morning and like need it again. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. But, it, but it's pretty, like, you know, pretty gross. I don't know. You see people all coked out. It doesn't look very appealing. Cocaine seems seems to appeal to people who feel deeply insecure about themselves. I was going to say that they're really into themselves when maybe being really into yourselves means you're really insecure yeah, about yourself. Right. Yeah, like... Totally. Yeah, and then and then it feeds on itself because the next morning they wake up and they're like, "Oh my god, I talked too much last night. I sounded yeah. like an idiot." So then they fall back into the, you know, self hatred. Yeah, which then feeds the need to, you know. Yeah, I mean that's again. why, like, you think about the eighty, yeah. the whole like eighties X. It's like it's the perfect, you know. Thing, yeah. You know, like oh, I got the best car and oh, and I did cocaine or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's like yeah. a status thing too. Yeah. Yeah. Athletes were doing coke in the eighties. Football players were doing coke at half. Time like it was just what it was. Yeah, right? like you hear stories yeah. of like Lawrence Taylor, and he was just 
Well, I mean, that's performance enhancing, yeah. though. I mean, I can yeah. imagine yeah. playing football on Coke. You know, you're running faster and Oh, they said uh, there was a 30 for 30 Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden, and he said there was jars of amphetamines in the in the, uh, in the locker room, and they literally just eat them like candy. And he said he'd go to bat, and the baseball was the size of a beach ball. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, like, you, you ever heard, uh, what's his name, Doc Gooden, I think? Doc- yeah, yeah, Dwight Gooden. When, no, I'm, I'm, they called I'm, him Dr. K. Doctor. I'm, no, I'm thinking ah. of someone else. Doc, oh, he was a Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher. The guy who did the perfect in game? the 70s. Yeah, uh, here acid. in San Diego. Oh, was it in San Diego? Wait, was he on acid? Yeah, yeah. on acid, right. He visited he a girlfriend and she dosed him and he got confused oh, at which day know? the game was. Well, now, like he he was like, yeah, cool. I don't have to play till tomorrow. Oh, and okay. she had some acid and they're like, yeah. and then like someone calls and they're like, dude, where are you? And uh, he's like, well, I'm hanging. He's like, you're on in like an hour. Like, get out of here. He's like, oh. And he was high as fuck. And he went and he pitched a no hitter. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, and he he said the same thing. It was like he there was just like a black hole, and he felt like he just had to let go of the ball, and it would just like go. <laughs> well, down we know the like black crazy hole. surfers that like win contests on like on LSD. Yeah, uh, surf fifty foot waves, and I can only yeah. imagine like you're probably just so in like you feel yeah. the groove. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got, have you ever been on stage uh, on a psychedelic? One time. Uh, in in uh, Australia, I I had my I ran out of my uh, my dope, and it was like the last day, and I had like twenty hours till I had to leave. So just to kind of, uh, you know, I knew like I was impending doom. So I just I took the I took the acid. The show was great, and then I kind of was good all the way till basically the plane ride home was a nightmare. But yeah. I kind of made it till there, and it, it was fun. You know, it was definitely fun. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I've never done any shows on maybe uh, maybe ecstasy. Yeah, I took a little ecstasy mm. last yeah. night. Yeah, <laughs> the show. I like I like that because you just have a smile yeah, and you're smooth. kind of in the groove. Right. Uh, you know, it's I can't like, even smoke weed before a show. That's like, I don't that like weed. Yeah. Weed kind of makes your shoulders like down. Yeah. Uh, you can't do cocaine because it just your throat becomes useless and it just your your timing's all off. Yeah. Like you could do like an ad. Like you can do like speed. Because for whatever reason, you just are kind of on beat. It's like different. I mean, speed like in like a little piece of an Adderall or something. But I think alcohol and ecstasy are the the best for mm. for that because you just feel like no inhibitions. Right? Yeah, right. You know, yeah, you know the flow. Yeah, you keep keep flowing. So you last night, I you and I were hanging out after the show, and you showed me some of your paintings. Okay, yeah. Fantastic, oh, man! You. Like, do you do you sell them? You sh- do you have exhibitions uh, and stuff? No, I mean I want to. I've sold a few, and I I I want to. That's that was kind of what my dream was to be uh, when I grew up. I was a painter. Uh, I we like we're not lying when we say we really were just fucking around uh it's funny that the the out of the three of us the guy who was serious about it is, is not here anymore yeah. uh i wonder what that means like, we talked but, about that before but like, ambition. but, I mean, but yeah. once once okay it was a fluke but once it happened it was like oh we can go around the world oh, we can do like well we better show up like this thing could end tomorrow but it's not gonna end on my like it's not gonna end because i didn't show up right, right. so uh, you don't you, you you might think you have a bad work ethic, but maybe you just never done anything you you dug doing. Right. So yeah, yeah. like yeah, I didn't have a good 
uh, work ethic with washing dishes. But then you, right. it's like, with and I don't want to talk too much about somebody's not here, but basically it was like, you don't want to show, like, what's better than this that we're getting, you know, like, what do you got better going on that's right. like, you don't want to show up to, to do this, you know? Uh, so I don't even remember. But is it? Oh, the painting. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's something I, uh, I, I took seriously. And the people, like, I loved Egon Shilo. And uh, I mean, now I've, I've uh, widened my, sure. what I dig. But when I first started, that I, it was all uh, German and Austrian expressions. Right. That I, Klimt? Uh, you need to Klimt? Yeah, do some Klimt's a little, a little more fancy. decorative. But yeah. it's the same if you break it down. Yeah. Egon Schiele basically is just Klimt. Naked. Broken down. Yeah, yeah without the gold from, leaf and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So, like, Oscar Kokoschka. Yeah, Kokoschka. Uh, um, you know, very, very like um, anatomical, yeah. like the body. Like very figurative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and I didn't care, you know. Uh, like my daughter goes to art school; she's in her third year, and she she paint she does figures and portraits. And then I thought she kind of like stand her ground more when she because she goes to more like conceptual school. She goes to Cal Arts, and uh, it's just kind of like I don't know, like confused her or something. Like you have to just do what you you know, because right. there's a whole school like painting's dead or uh, portraiture's dead or this is it's like nothing's ever dead. Like now is probably the first time where you got a lot of artists. You don't have to be dead to make to make it, right? Uh, and you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. So stick to your guns and like do what you do. Yeah. So I was always good at sticking to my guns. I I, I thought. She would be more, but I guess she hasn't. You know, she's she's at an age where maybe she's just kind of still finding her way. Did you go to art school? No. Maybe that's it. I mean, I don't know about like writing school. Like I'm a writer. No, right? it's so people go to up. writing school. Do I wait? Just fucking write. But I, you know, and and I feel write. like I feel like I'm res- like part responsible for like helping. <laughs> You're trying to do, help. You yeah. know, you try. It's like it, that's the that's the catch twenty two. Like you don't go. You know what? I'm gonna move into the ghetto. Uh, and bring my kids because then they're gonna like. But the truth is, is the more you give, the 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 harder they have of making it. Yeah. Because you know it's like the kids whose parents made it and moved out of the ghetto and moved to Beverly Hills. Now those kids are, are raised with the silver spoon up right. their ass, and right. it's and they're never gonna become anything. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's so. true every time, isn't it? Like, like Dr. Dre's yeah, kid, no, he died of an ecstasy overdose, and they, you know, I'm sh- I don't would that have maybe happened if he was, you know, still struggling really? in the hood? He wasn't just might have been living drive that, by, you know, yeah, right, yeah. Picked but I mean, and- but yeah, no, I, I, well, I did learn, like, and I also I was conscious about like, like Rembrandt, for example. His students painted so much like him that there's paintings you now. You kind of look like Rembrandt in some of those self-portraits. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I look he, more like Oscar Wilde. Uh, if you see certain pictures, like there's photos where it literally looks like like me looking at it, it looks like me. Really? Trip. Yeah. But huh. So a lot of his students painted exactly like him. There's even paintings now that they think Rembrandt did, but his students did. Yeah. So I was, I, I, I was conscious about that. So I picked up, my friend's dad was an abstract painter. And I knew that uh, I wasn't. I didn't want to do that. Maybe when I mean, you could become that, like if you've been painting for fifty or sixty years. But mm. uh, so I, I, I chose out someone who I knew I wouldn't paint like them to learn, you know, how to use paint uh, colors and stuff. So, mm. so I mean, I spent a lot of time like learning. I just right. didn't 
go to art school. Yeah, it's the same yeah. with comedy. Like people go to like comedy school. It's like, dude, you're either funny or you're not. You either right. have it or you yeah, don't. No, you're not going right. to learn to be school, funny. Yeah, yeah. No, it's hard. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, I thought I was doing, you know, helping, and no, it's like, but yeah. I don't know what she would be doing. It's up she to her. Could, yeah, if it doesn't work, she yeah. can walk away. Yeah, she knows you'll support her, whatever she does. Yeah, yeah. I imagine so. That's what's important. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be in debt for the rest of my life. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> hey, welcome Keep to Parenthood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the other thing you you showed me last night was the cars. Like, wh- where does that come from? Uh, I just always liked old Restoring cars. Restoring antique cars. Well, I always mm-hmm. liked them, but I never uh, worked on them or, or anything. I just thought they looked cool. Huh. But my dad never taught me, you know. Where'd you grow up? Uh, in L.A. Oh, in L.A. Oh, okay. Yeah, born and raised You're in local. County General Hospital. Right. Uh, my parents lived in Echo Park when uh, I guess I was supposed to be born at home, but then it wasn't going right, so then they went over to uh, County General, like a U- USC. What were your parents like? What was uh, their scene? My parents were cool. My mom's still alive. Uh, she sold weed my whole life. I started selling weed for her when I was like 13. Did she grow it? No. So she... Uh, she had a fruity connection. Pebbles, right? Yeah, the Fruity Pebbles, yeah. Uh, they still talk about that. People still talk <laughs> about the Fruity Pebbles. It was like the best weed back then. Really? Where, um, where was it coming from? Do you know? Uh, up north, Humble County. Oh, Humble, okay. Out, right. Outdoor stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, my mom was cool. Uh, and then my dad was cool. He just was, you know, had his, had his issue. But me and my dad were like best. I mean, at the time, I thought my dad was the cool, you know, I love my mom, but she was the one who had to like hold hold down the fort. Right, and, uh, right. Uh, so Bad my dad cop. was cool. like he had a crazy record collection, which I still have. Uh, uh, me and him were like best friends. Was he in Vietnam or anything? No, but he had a lot of friends from uh, like you know Vietnam, Korean War. Like, yeah. Uh, like uh, I think he gravitated towards those kind of people. Yeah. And did you say he was an artist as well, visual artist? No. Yeah. Uh, he wrote poetry when. Uh, when he was young, but I mean, I think maybe everyone did at that time, you know, yeah. like Kerouac or that kind of stuff. Right, you know? the Beats. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. yeah, he like turned me on to you know Lenny Bruce, Albert oh, Taylor, yeah. uh, just all like I would say my liking of the arts probably came from him. But he right. didn't really, yeah, do, good taste. Yeah, 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 good taste. Yeah, yeah, cool. And uh, now you said you were. Producing your beats, producing beats. Yeah, I was Are doing you a, it as a hobby. So you know? you're a, you were a musician before you got into this. Well, I just started like learning how to make little, really simple beats because a couple of my friends were hip hop producers, and I always would go to their Adrian place Brody. And, time, yeah, Adrian man. Brody actually got me my first. Uh, I just saw him on the latest season Peaky of Blinders. Peaky Blinders. Fuck, he was good. He's a great. He was actor. good. I oh. like, but he did. And it's if you're gonna pick someone to do, pick the best. But he did Brando like he did Brando. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it was the like the a, mafia like evil. He did the, yeah, he did. Fuck, but no, yeah. he was good. He was no, he really, goes yeah. there. So he got me. You're right, though. It's derivative. It wasn't. Yeah. I'm he made, voice. That, choice. Yeah. He made that choice, I'm sure, yeah. on purpose. Yeah. Uh, he was a hip-hop producer, and I'd always be at his little studio making beats. So finally, he goes, just go buy this little Yamaha keyboard. So I bought it, and he taught me how to make beats. So I was just doing it for fun. And then, So did you but, play keyboards? No, I wasn't really but, playing I mean, musical. Kinda. I was just hunting and pecking, like just boom ba boom 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 ba like really mediocre, right. simple, fun beats. But and I just was doing it as a... Shit. Yeah, some of that, sometimes the minimal yeah. stuff's the best shit. And I was yeah. kind of reduplicating an old too short beat, so I'd get like dr- drum sounds that were like too short. Real simple, like 
four track like right kick snare hi-hat bass line like super and this was minimal. your first step into yeah, music i had never been you never music. played it guitar a, or it was anything. simply a hobby because i have huh. so much downtime as like being in showbiz as an actor right. entertainer you have you know days on and we like rap music so, yeah, so like, i started doing it as a hobby and then like if know, you like the beatles you're not like oh, i guess you are i'll pick an instrument and then go find three other friends right. that's yeah. something you could go oh, but it, i'm gonna make a, yeah. it's a higher it. mountain to climb though i mean i imagine with rap you're saying like sometimes the simple stuff is the best like well, for, thinking, for my dick uh so our buddy is like let's do song we're like no that's a terrible idea and he literally made the beat just to shut him up he made it in like yeah. 30 seconds so our buddy says let's do a song called my dick get it like i'll say my dick is da 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 your dick is really little i'm like dude that's the worst idea ever <laughs> so i made a beat just to like shut him up and it that's our finale song and did you say like it's all like someone trying to remake it no that was Dr. a different Luke song with dr uh, luke yeah but it, it's just not perfect. It's really simple. Like I but when it starts, you hear it. It's just catchy. It just yeah. kind of loops, and you know. So I was just doing really simple beats for fun, and it, he liked the simplicity of the. I gave him a palette to work on, and he, you know, he'd come back with songs written over him, and it was just became a. It was a hobby. We weren't. We were never attaching ourselves to a result. Like but, we're yeah. gonna make it as and rapid. The and it, but it could have only happened at that time or. N- or you know, or after because in the olden days you couldn't say, "Oh, this was totally a fluke." Because be like, "No, you saved up money, mm. you went to a studio, right. you pressed a demo." Right. Like, you did it all that's not entry. a fluke. That's too high. Like yeah. you, whereas that was a time where you could go get a super low machine, yep. uh, yeah. burn, make the song that night, burn it to CD, be at the club in two hours, and yeah. have like the biggest DJ like playing. Like so, that is definitely a, a time thing so how does it affect because i'm hearing this recurring theme here which is like oh we thought it sucked turns out to be our best hit i thought i had no musical talent turns out i'm good at making these beats like how does it affect your creative process that your success comes where you're not looking for it like how do you cultivate that thing with a lot of bands they say like their big hit they wrote in two minutes and then they're they're constantly chasing that i mean i think luckily we're not chasing that right we're not trying to have the next you know i think we just got i think we got better at at uh writing songs and maybe those songs will never be as big as that two minute one right but i think you just you know you just Keep is, but is that frustrating? Like I'm looking for something, but I find it when I'm not looking. No, but I have to we keep enjoy, looking. We enjoy like doing, you know, crafting songs. Mm. I think maybe they'll never be that as big as that. But like, yeah, we were just having fun. It, I don't know, but yet yeah, to, to answer your question, I think that. It, so how do you know? You, you know, so like, do you have to do shitty, like, yeah. Do you have yeah. to do something shitty on purpose because then it won't be what just happened? Because it was the accident. It. Yeah, it was the point. Yeah, I mean, and, there's probably tricks you can do. Maybe like if you played guitar and you try to keep it out of tune or something. I don't know. Yeah, know? like yeah. I, like I love Velvet Underground, um, and it sounds perfect to me. We got another buddy. He's got like uh, he's a musician. He plays Eli, uh-huh. and. Uh, 
his ears are just so like he's like this I can't listen to this like that's all out of tune and mm. I'm like that's not what it's about right like it's perfect yeah, it's, it's perfectly perfect. imperfect but yeah. his ears yeah. are classically trained right. and like he can't listen to a guitar that's out of I would have never known the guitar was out of tune yeah right. you know like to me I'm just like that's a perfect song it's like and, a fucking and wine and I don't have those ears exactly right. like I can enjoy a ten dollar bottle know, of wine yeah and I can enjoy right. a I don't want to be educated right. out of that and right. even when I drink a great wine I'm not like, oh, I taste leather. Uh, I yeah. taste peaches and <laughs> yeah. apricot. It's like, you do? Because I just taste the wine that tastes yeah, good. Yeah, like, yeah. And I can't find, even when you're telling me, I still can't. Like I watched a thing yeah. on sommeliers and I'm like, are they all like playing a game that they're all in on? Like, are they all just bullshitting? You know, I used to or think that. Or do they that. really have a palate like that? I took acid one night and had a bottle of wine. And you tasted and it. And I was with this woman and, and we were on the beach and it was dark and we drank the wine. And I was like, fuck, I, I taste blueberries. I taste prunes i taste tobacco like i've never i mean i would so sniff that it fine-tuned and, you and they have just fine-tuned themselves and the next morning when the sun was up i looked at the label and it was tobacco and blueberries and prunes. and wow. i was like wow this shit's real wow. yeah yeah and then That's i went cool. to uh i was in spain i went to this wine shop and the dude who ran it was just hanging out and he was cool and we talked and i told him about that experience and he was like yeah man and he opens up this case and it had like I don't know fifty little bottles, uh. and each bottle was one of the smells and flavors that you might get in a in a glass of wine, right? So he was like, so he poured me some wine, practice. and he's like, smell this, uh. you know, and this was tobacco, and uh. that, now smell the wine, and you're like, oh yeah. Now there it is, right? Wow. Like it's almost like with the uh, bloodhounds, where they're yeah, like, yeah. "Here, you know, here's yeah, yeah. the person's underwear, no, no, and I'll find them." These masters, sommelier. There's only like a handful of like masters, yeah, and. These tests are like, I mean, it was like being like a Talmudic scholar or something. Yeah. Like, they have to go in and like, you nobody pass. It's like the bar, like, nobody passes the first right. time. <laughs> right. And then you're putting all your time and money yeah. and everything in this thing. You're just watching these poor kids, like, blindfolded or whatever. And then yeah. they have to be like, they have to know the year. The the vineyard, uh, right? Uh, Jesus, I mean, it's, crazy. it's women's sense of smell is much better than yes. men's, and so. then when they're pregnant, even more so on their period. Yeah, like, yeah. Try to get away with like doing something I that know. has a stink. I always say, yeah. <laughs> like, what could that be? I, I always say to guys, like, you think you're gonna like come home yeah. and get pat? It's like you're walking by your dog with a steak in yeah. your pocket. Yeah. Like yeah. you're not and then gonna if you fool put anybody. Else on top of it, like, oh, they're not gonna get that. Yeah. Oh. Like you, who's never ever worn deodorant or anything, now all of a sudden, like, I you smell, smell, I smell pussy under deodorant. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you spray, like you I take a shit guilt. and you spray peach. Yeah. Like, now it sounds like peach shit. Great. Shit. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's funny. It's a trip how LSD can do that though for you, right? That made you just open, open it, it up. up. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's why you got to do that once in a while. Yeah, it's therapy. Well, it shows you how much you're missing. You know, yeah, like because that's there, or I mean, on some, and then it also just opens up a million other answers that you're like, okay. I have no idea. Yeah. The universe is just There's so, so much going on. So broad. Yeah. yeah. It's fascinating. What uh, what time we got? We're we're an hour in. Okay. All right. Can we uh take a break? Yeah. Just yeah. A, all right. All right, we're back. 
Uh, we've got about 10 minutes before they're going to kick us out of this fancy uh, rock star hotel. <laughs> How, I, I'm disappointed, This is one though. of the nicer ones, actually. It's but nice, no panties, but, but you uh, have not trashed no the, the room. Wall, yeah. I know. I'm like looking. This is like the morning after a show. Yeah, how, how come the TV has not gone out the window? Because uh, yeah, we were watching documentaries on it on the, <laughs> yeah. on the Nature Channel. That's actually funny. I remember like one time when we were first like touring, we were in Detroit, and these like girls came back to our hotel room with us, and in their mind they were going to see cocaine lines and get fucked. Yeah, and we we're watching like a Hitler documentary, and anytime they talk, we'd be like, "Shut up!" Like, Wait for the commercial, and they're just looking at each other like, "This is what these guys do." And then we said, "Note to self: like, let's not let them see how not cool we are." Yeah, just actually. Well, I think another thing is awesome. <laughs> Like, like we already lived all that before. Like we didn't yeah. get into music to kind of do that, you know. Right. Like you think like Elvis or something. He's like this like small town boy, like driving, and then all of a sudden it's like thrown into like you know hell or whatever you want to Babylon, uh, and it's like oh drugs, women, it, you know. I think like anything we've done you know it's like it was backwards i think yeah for us you know so Which was a gift and a curse because we yeah I, yeah i started at 30 i remember i was 30 years old when i was touring i'm like oh this should have started when, when we were 20. 18 yeah, yeah. well yeah. how old are you now you're I'm 43 okay you're 43 i'm looking at you on stage last night and you're persona is like a 24 yeah. year old yep. you know let's get fucked up yep. and drink tequila yeah. and all that how how what's what's the future i mean you're you still look young you can pull it off physically and energetically but like at what point do you be like eh, you know i mean no, i would I'm, love for the paintings to start selling <laughs> but because i was thinking well, like now, like, well, like the rolling all, stones i was about to say all the rock stars now are 70 well, and do you want to yeah. see your grandpa like i mean yeah, they do a great I'm job sure but i, I see that's i'd rather thing. see him in his 20s than in 70 i, I, I don't wish know i think bruce springsteen over. is more interesting now than he was when born to run came out you know personally yeah okay. I, I think he's more but nuanced he tells a lot of stories, i think dylan but... is more interesting yeah. as he got older in in a lot of ways yeah i guess like that's like in a blues kind of way it's like the older you are the yeah i mean if if it, there's but, but I guess, Dylan, I guess doesn't what I'm is, Dylan doesn't prance around. Like, that's what I'm Jack saying. Like the persona of Dylan isn't, you know, hey, yeah. let's, you know, get shit faced and, you know. It's too late to become clean, nasty, and turn the wheel on everyone. <laughs> yeah, so I've yeah. come committed and I'm sticking yeah. with what is selling. You're tickets. not going to go and like electric Dylan. Here we are 11 years later. We're on our 11 year anniversary tour. And we're still selling roughly the same amount of tickets across the country. And there's still kids coming out. We obviously resonate with That's a wild. Thing. So it's like, you know what? Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, I'm yeah. just keeping, like, yeah. until we stop booking shows, it's hard to turn down going on the road for two months across this country and paying my bills for the year and my rent yeah. for the year and going and, like, connecting live with the, it and giving them, a, it's like, it's magic. Yeah. And maybe yeah. that's why we're like, we, you know, learn how to make that. I guess if we came back and partied every night uh, after it, the longevity would be right. harder. Yeah. Well, and also, like there is a condition. It is yeah. like a, it is a, an active, th you know, like if you're a sports player or right. something, there right. definitely it's is a like, a, yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, I, you know, you're not personally, um, uh, it's a role you're playing. Right. It's you go it's out, you, you play your character, yeah. but you're you're really you're like a therapist or something. You're like clear, like no, this is my work, this is my personal yeah. life, yeah. And that's really healthy to have that. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of younger artists don't don't have that clear boundary. I think, yeah, definitely, yeah. And I think they could you could burn out. Uh, 
quicker. And I think, yeah, if we took it seriously, that would probably be the beginning of the of the end. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, and when I do new, when I, I mean, I still make new shit, and uh, I mean, I I think it's better than the early shit. Maybe right. they, you know, maybe they might not. Uh, I mean, people. I think every record I put out has been better than the last one, and I think you oh. have to think that. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't, then you know you should do something else. But uh, I just think they're like crafted better. I think the you know the stories right. are better. Yeah. I mean, I don't have control of the music, so I mean, it would be cool if I if I knew how to do that part. Uh, and I work good with this our other buddy Eli. He produces music and. Uh, we we work good together. I mean, sometimes there is things I want him to do that he can't. Not that he can't, like he can't. He can't dumb it down like this. It's like the Velvet Underground thing. Mm-hmm. Like oh, like everything it is is real. Sounds real good and stuff like that. And sometimes I'm like, I want to dumb it down, but I'm mm-hmm. like, if if that's the worst, if that's the worst right. uh, thing. I'll deal with it, like that he's too good, you know. You mentioned Elvis earlier, and I was thinking about how you guys have, like, worked together for a long time and been through different phases, yeah. and, you know, the Chili Peppers and, you know, what you're doing now and all these different things. And um, there was this documentary about the Beatles years ago on the BBC, and I remember there was they talked about when they went to visit Elvis mm. in L.A., in Hollywood Hills or whatever, and... They, you know, they took a uh, limo up to his place and they went in and, you know, there was Elvis and there's a piano and they played some songs and hung out a little bit. And and then they uh, they were in the limo going home. And one of the Beatles, I forget which one it was, but he said they, they sort of looked at each other and there was this long silence. And somebody said, that's what happens when you do this alone you lose your fucking mind, you know, cause they were in that same place, that yeah. Babylon or yeah, whatever, yeah. but Elvis was alone and he yeah. was lost, you yeah. know, and they looked at each other and it's like, yeah. this is, you know, we're doing this together. Thank God we'll yeah. survive it. You know, yeah. it was a really moving moment. It was an interesting documentary cause each they filmed What's the guy called? separately. I forget, oh. but it came out in the nineties. Okay. Um, it was like cool. a six-part BBC thing. Okay. And John was already dead, obviously. But the other three, they were filming them, like, where they live. So Paul was on a boat in the Thames or something. And Ringo was in Hawaii. And I don't know where George was. But uh, they were telling the same stories and they would cut between them and it was like seamless it was the same they remembered the shit the same way it was really touching how close they were yeah i couldn't even well you know we do go it's funny we we go by ourselves often and then i'd say but one chunk of the year and we didn't talk for like five years or something that's a whole other story but uh i'm glad we are because I mean, we were like best friends and then stupid stuff, you know, music stuff, drug yeah. stuff. Whatever. Yeah, it happens. Uh, but yeah, it's... Well, it says a lot that you you get back together after that. that well, I was thinking with the Beatles, like they, when they ended, Paul and, and John didn't talk and then John died, so they never really got to like yeah. be friends again. Which yeah. I'm sure they would have. I mean, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah uh, they grow up and let shit yeah. go. I yeah. was thinking, you know that song, Watching the Wheels? Uh, I'm just sitting here watching the wheels oh, go yeah, around yeah, yeah, and around. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was that came out like two weeks before he was shot. Okay. And it's such a beautiful song to it's like a 
such a beautiful note to end your life on because yeah. he's talking about how he let it he, he, the last words of the song are I just had to let it go yeah yeah, I just had to let it go yeah yeah, yeah he's got one where he's talking shit about uh, Paul on how do you sleep at night have you heard that uh, that's a good one yeah but, well Paul hey, what? yeah how do you sleep at night Paul I mean Paul's got more money than God and he's still doing fucking commercials yeah. fuck that man yeah, but right? did his wife I mean, get all of it his ex-wife she uh, take a lot of his money I don't know but even half of his money right. it's still right. well, that's know. what I think like when is it too you know like I get it if you're like up and coming you don't have any money and you gotta do something stupid yeah. to make money but like I mean I thought the same I mean Dylan did that I mean I guess that's Cadillac though so it's kinda cool he did it but <laughs> it's, it's not, not right cool. like no. Dylan doing a Cadillac oh no, fuck that like I can't even do ads on my podcast. How can Dylan, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. sometimes you see some of your heroes doing some shitty commercial. You know, well, that's like, why I say you don't, don't meet, you don't want to meet your heroes because they'll always let yeah, you down. that's true. They'll ask time. you for some money. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Simon's the guy to ask for money, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was telling him. <laughs> I was telling him on the drive down that in the past, I was like the guy that my friends would come to, like when Ben's out of jail and needs help, and I'd be the one that was maybe making money at the time, so I'd be like... Like that guy. He let he let me stay there, and then when my daughter would come in town, he let me stay there. I stole twenty dollars from him. What? But then I told yeah, him. he told me and paid it back. <laughs> I remember one time you took my kitchen knife and ran out the front door, and you came back a couple hours later, and you had gotten high, and you put the knife back, and I'm like, what'd you do? And you said, I put it on some dude's throat downtown and stole his dope out of his mouth. I was like, I'll be not using that knife. For dinner. Yeah, put it in the dishwasher yeah. <laughs> after you threaten people with it. Oh, or the way remember you're like, like he's like, you can't, you can't shoot drugs in my house. Oh yeah, you, so. were, sh- you were shooting up, leaning against my refrigerator because he said it made a cool sound, like wah wah wah. <laughs> so he's leaning against my fridge, and I had unfortunately in the past when I was living in New York, a friend of mine who I was letting stay at my place who was strung out on heroin committed suicide in my apartment. Right. So I had this really traumatic experience with one of my friends who died in my apartment while I was out of town. I had to come home and God. just deal with all that. So when he was like getting high in my house, I go look dude I'm not gonna tell you not to get high just please don't do it in my house I already lost one friend like this like don't do that but don't really don't do it at my house so then I notice out he's sitting in the driveway and he's like getting high in the driveway and I knock on the window I'm like you're still at my house you're still like on my property <laughs> yeah oh god dude well, I mean, those things are just funny because you live through. Like that's yeah. a, like you go to AA meeting or NA meeting, and like a normal person would just be like horrified. But they're telling the worst stories, and everyone's like laughing, like like on cue, you, you know. To, you but it's only laugh. because like you live through it, and then it's yeah. funny, you yeah. know. But I, someone else would come like, oh, and then I, you know, I. I caught my I caught my husband fucking the babysitter and then ah, and like, that. Yeah. like someone else would be like that's not funny right. yeah yeah I think time makes you appreciate the comedy and that stuff yeah well like we were saying in the car yesterday I, I just read this quote recently that uh, sense of humor and common sense are the same thing yeah it's like it, all there is is laugh if you yeah. can't laugh yeah, you got nothing you're done. there's, yeah, yeah. there's yeah. nothing there and that's yeah. I think the whole point of our show is especially mine's a lot more comedically driven than his that yeah. it's you come have a laugh and a smile to look out and see a sea of people smiling yeah. is, that's what it's all about because 
Fuck, man. It's like, it's heavy for people out there. Like, we're so lucky, man. We're just living this. Kind no, of it's dream. a dark, it's dark time right now. And not only that, just even before, like, people work real shitty jobs in Cincinnati and they come to see us once a year and it, that's their big cops, yeah. soldiers, yeah. dude in a wheelchair. Like, dude, yeah. last night, so he and his wife drove in, Raj and Shirley uh, yeah. drove in from Vegas <laughs> to see in. your he's show and he's a doctor. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And he's got, he's got her lipstick. <laughs> they probably cool. just banged in the bathroom. <laughs> so, like yeah. if we can facilitate, that's what my yeah. mom wants. Says she's like, yeah, you guys are just there to like, you know, help people get joy. together. Yeah. yeah, why not? Yeah. Hey, we're gonna get kicked out of the room. I don't right. want you guys to get charged extra. Right. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thank, you. thank you, Mickey Avalon and Dirt Nasty. Yeah. <laughs> are you gonna yeah. you gonna suck everyone's dick? Is that, is that, is that, is that uh, like, when, when this I'll is over? All no, dick. when this is over, we'll tell you the story. I'll tell you where that comes from. All right. Thanks. Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Thank you to everybody who supports the podcast through Patreon.com. You can decide how much you want to give the podcast: a buck a month, five bucks a month, ten bucks a month, or you can get completely crazy and give twenty bucks a month or more, or you can give nothing. If you don't have any cash, don't worry about it. Just enjoy the podcast and tell your friends. Thank you to Basin and Range for that opening music at the beginning of the podcast. Very funky little tune there uh, called The Bright Side of the Sun, I believe. You can find out more about them at basinandrangeband.com. If you want to talk about the podcast with other listeners, a good place to do that is on Reddit. Just search Tangentially Speaking, all one word. There's a community of a couple hundred people in there. Chatting about the episodes, I drop in occasionally and say hello, answer questions, whatever. Uh, thanks to Shore Design T-shirts. Our garage is full of them. My mom has them all organized as only she can. Julie, thank you to Julie, my mom. She'll send those T-shirts out to you if you order them. Everything we've got in stock is from Shore Design T-shirts in Thailand. And you can check out their webpage as well for other designs. Thank you to Carsey Blanton. You can find out more about Carsey Blanton at CarseyBlanton.com. C-A-R-S-I-E-B-L-A-N-T-O-N.com. She wrote and performed the song you're about to hear, which is called Smoke Alarm. And it's a reminder to carpe fucking diem while you still can, because, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to die one day. Here's to you, Bennett. He said, baby, what's a big deal? Feel what you want to feel Say what you want to say You're gonna die one day For example, I could kiss you Just because I want to What's the difference if you turn away? I'm gonna die one day Why do you waste your time Thinking about your reputation Trying to meet an expectation Wondering what they're gonna say When everyone you've ever known Is headed for a headstone I don't wanna give the end away But we're gonna die one day Your body is an animal Doesn't ask for much A little music and a soft touch Why don't you let it out to play Your heart is in a birdcage Singing in your chest 
Dance into the ground. 